Hello, and welcome to another episode of Lily Moms. Lily Moms stands for life in the little years, and here we explore what it means to mother with the gospel in mind. Christ never meant for us to live without community, and here at Lily Moms, we strive to help you build your village and your faith. This year's theme is to gather and grow, drawing from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, which says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We hope you can find this a relevant and helpful theme for you no matter where you are. Whether you're listening in from afar or listening to the meetings over again just to refresh your memory, we are grateful for you. Thanks for listening in, and we pray that this episode brings you encouragement today. Jet Brin is going to be our speaker this week. Now, Jet became a Christian at the age of 14 after she got caught uh, cheating on an English exam. So that started her quest to understand what God's forgiveness really looks like. Um, Jet went to Duke to become a high school English teacher, where she took a quick detour to NYU to earn a playwright play degree, and then back to high school English teaching. Um, she is married to Jeremy. They have four kids. You can see Emma, who's at UNC, Katie, who is over there watching your kids for you right now, and then Ian and Rebecca. Um, she is homeschooling them, so she still gets to use her high school English um, degree. Her and Jeremy like to spend Sunday night watching blow-em-up movies, and then she also likes to find waterfalls in the mountains. So there's like a good balance between the two. Um, let's see. Oh, they also have a dog she wanted me to mention who she thinks is the smartest dog in the world. So I wanted to make sure that I put that in there. Um, they have been at North Wake for about 21 years. She has served in our feed ministry. She started teaching Sunday school, teaching kids. Um, she has worked with Hope Counseling, doing counseling. Um, is that, I think, that other things on that list? I feel like there's probably, oh, she coordinates our special needs ministry here. Um, she likes drinking tea, going for walks, hanging out with friends, and reading God's word. So, without further ado, Jeff Ray. doctor's appointments, we schedule napping and snacks and play dates. And, and, I mean, that seems pretty good to me. What, what do you guys have for your theories about motherhood? What's it all about? Need some any ideas? Nobody's formed a theory of motherhood yet? Still working on it? Fresh? Okay. All right. All right. Well, your, your uh, theme this year is Gather and Grow, right? And as I was thinking about that theme, I thought, well, that's really motherhood. That's what we are about, right? We are all about growing things. We grow the baby inside us. We grow the kids with the good food. We, um, we, we celebrate on the wall with the wall chart, like how tall they are. Oh, my kid has size 13 shoes now, right? Like, growth. It's all about growth. And, uh, and we want more than physical growth. We want their character to grow. We want them to grow in their relationships and have friends. And we uh, read to them because we want their minds to grow. And um, we, uh, we teach them to ride bicycles and to swim and to do all the things that grown-ups do. And 
The whole goal is for them to grow up and leave the house and be grown, right? So, um, you know, that's our joy. That's what moms do. We make our kids grow. Um, I've been the one to lead all of my kids to Christ, and that, that's because I'm the mom, and that's what I want is to watch them grow in the Lord. Um, if we aren't thinking about our children's growth, then we're probably growing a garden in the backyard or um, growing a puppy in the house with the kids, right? There's always growth. We're interested in our husband's growth. Does he get the next promotion? Um, did, did he make a friend at church today, right? It would, and I kind of shepherd them along too, right? Um, and we're interested in our own growth too, right? Um, you know, and when, when all of that is going well, when everybody's growing, we feel like, yes, I did my job, I was the mom today, everybody's successful, it's happening. You know, but, but what if the flowers aren't growing? Uh, what if your child fails first grade three times? Right? Or what if your toddler won't eat, <laughs> this might be familiar, won't eat anything but yogurt and goldfish? Um, what if your husband loses the fourth job in just as many years? What if um, after two years in a new town you don't feel like you belong anywhere? Uh, what if the, the Etsy shop that you wanted to get going is not going? Right? And then there's no growth. Now how do we feel? Yeah, I feel terrible, right? Growth slows down. It doesn't always happen. Sometimes it just stops. And sometimes we look too much to our children's growth and our growth and our husband's growth and everybody's growth. And then when it doesn't come, we feel like we are failures. We, uh, you know, if my child's not potty trained at age four and I'm still waiting, well, I must have done something wrong. Let me say that is not true. Okay? Uh, if my teenager is stuck in social anxiety at age 17 and she won't even call a best friend, what did I do wrong, right? There's no growth. It must be me. Um, if my husband won't come to church, if we aren't making enough money to get health insurance, if I can't seem to forgive my parents, if I can't seem to break out of the rut and never stop eating ice cream at night and get to the gym instead, what is wrong? There's no growth, and I'm, I'm going to lose my mind. Now, maybe you don't blame yourself. Maybe you feel, okay, that's not my fault. My kid is just on his timeline. My husband's on his timeline. You know, I'm on some random timeline. I just, it, it, these things just happen. Still, there's no growth. And stagnation is frightening, right? If this is what we're built to do, if growing is what we are built to do, which I think it is, uh, what now? Where do I look? Now, everyone, raise your hand if you've ever felt stuck like that. You've been stuck? Sure. Right? In my own life, something's always stuck. I felt stuck being single until I was 30, and now once in a while I feel stuck being married. Right? And I felt stuck having no babies till I was 33, and now sometimes I'm stuck with four kids, right? Stuck in the van driving the four kids, more likely. Uh, you know, I, I have some chronic pain issues since I was 40. I'm stuck in the body. I felt stuck in my career as a teacher until I had babies, and then sometimes I feel stuck being a housewife. 
I've been stuck in depression. I've been stuck in anxiety. I've been stuck in a tiny home. I've been stuck in relationships that won't change because that person will never change. And, you know, the frustration is understandable. None of us are alone in these periods of no growth. And it's frustrating and it's sorrowful and it's scary and we get impatient and that's all normal and understandable. Being stagnant is annoying at its best and it can be life-sucking at its worst. And I just, I'm here to tell you first of all, it's okay if there's no growth. It's all right. How do you deal with a no growth period in your life and where do you look? Well, everyone knows. What do you do? I bet you guys know. Tell me, what do you do when, when there's no growth? What do you do? Get on. You cry. Well, yeah. I said try harder. Try harder. <laughs> try harder. You get on the internet and find a new plan, right? Right? Uh, you know I'm right. That's what we do. We get right on that internet. Oh, look, it worked for her. And look, this plan. And look, this schedule for the kids. And look, I could do this. I could have this party and introduce my husband to all these people. And then we could have people, right? Especially if it's my, if it's my fault, right? If I'm not doing enough, I need a new plan, right? And oh, mighty internet knows what I should do. Now, we all know what the problem is with that, right? Now, some, I mean, sometimes internet does have great ideas. Really, it does. Um, but what's the first thing that happens when you get on the internet? You start comparing yourself, right? Well, it, that plan worked for that person, but it didn't work for me, so what's wrong now? Right? Or that person has it all together. Look at their kids growing. All their kids have met every milestone, and mine hasn't. Right. What's wrong with me? And second, even though we are mothers and mothers deal in growth, you know, growth is mainly out of our control. Right? I cannot stretch my kid and make him taller. Right? And I cannot force my husband to be the perfect father. And I cannot force my daughters to uh, be strong, confident women. Right? I can't search the internet for a new plan all the time and find the perfect answer. Sometimes all you get from a new plan is more stress and more guilt and more stuff to do and more pressure. And we don't need that. Moms have that enough. So ladies, I'm here to reassure you today that if you don't have a new plan, that's okay. It's all right if you can't think of another thing to try. It is all right if you are exhausted from trying to grow things, you are allowed to rest. I'm not saying give up, stop trying all the way, right? I'm just saying rest. You can look around you in the place that you are and be still. 14 years ago, I butted up, not really 14, more like 12. 12 years ago, I butted up against one of the worst fears that I ever had. It was like God looked in my heart and said, that thing that she's secretly scared of, I'm going to do that and we'll see what happens. And, and um, it, it involved one of my children, and it involved mothering, and it involved a lack of growth. And, um, and it, was, it was really, truly one of the fears that I'd had forever. Um, and I was scared that there would never, ever be any change, and that growth wasn't possible. And that everybody would look at the situation and say, mm, 
that mama didn't do something right. Right? What did she eat when she, when she had that baby? Right? What, what was she eating? Was she feeding that baby now? There must be something wrong. Right? And I consulted every expert and tried every, everything to help my child. And I was the internet's best friend. And I was checking out all the other moms whose babies were doing what they were supposed to. Right? And all that interneting was really bad for me. Because really what it did was it made me feel like a big loser. And it made me terrified that the desert that I was living in was going to be home. And I was scared of the desert, and I didn't want to look at it. So I was looking at all the plans and looking at all the everything else to do, right, and, and not looking where I was. And then one day, God invited me to stop looking for the escape hatch and, and take a closer look at where I was. Now, why? Why would I possibly do that? Why do you want to look at what's scary? Well, because... In the dry place, that's where we've been placed. We're there for a reason. And, and you know, do you know that whatever dry, growthless place you're in, it's a God-made place? And he's a good God, and he made it. And if he made it and he's good, then there's got to be something good in there for you. So we study it. Look where you are instead of looking for the way out all the time. Where are you? What I found in my desert was a whole host of other parents that were my comrades. I found that attaching some words to the unknown and, and the scary made it a little bit more digestible. I found a stillness and a peace, and I stopped looking around for distraction. I started to appreciate things. I found confidence when I stopped looking for a way out. I found that my fear had a lot less power over me. For me, and maybe for you, God was saying, stop striving and running and take a pause. This is an opportunity to learn acceptance and rest. I want you to look for grace, undeserved goodness in your life. Now I know. At this point, you're like, Thanksgiving talk, <laughs> rocket science, right? Why'd they bring her up here to talk about that? Right. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, you know, literally what I want you to do is get a piece of paper and start listing things that are good in your life. Right? Twelve years ago, I sat down on my computer and I started a list. Right? And I've got things like um, buttons. And I've got things like lettuce piled high on a turkey and cheese sandwich. And I've got um, horses grazing and waving grasses. And I've got soft breezes. Baby sp blowing spit. <laughs> and I kept listing... And I got to 100, and I decided I better get a journal. So I kept listing. And then I kept listing. And then I kept listing. And now I'm still listing. And I'm at... What am I at? 13,863 13, as of yesterday. 
Um, and the goal is to do something different every day, but I, I probably don't really do, I probably have some repeats in there, but, you know, um, and I cannot tell you, it's the simplest thing in the world, but it is life-giving. Uh, I think you, I saw today that you had notebooks that you made or got, um, like a few weeks ago, like, what, perfect, right, like, perfect, get your notebook, Start listing three to five things a day. Um, it, you know, it, it's like you start saying to the world, I believe there's something good here. I believe there's something good. I believe there's going to be growth. I believe it. And you just go with it. And you list until you believe it. Um, God challenged me to look around my desert and find the grace. Um, see, the Bible says that you should give thanks in all circumstances. And if I actually believed that, then I thought, well, I better try it out, right? And so I did. I took him at his word, and I started counting, and you see where we are. Ladies, gratefulness is really simple, but it really is vital. It lifts your spirits. It restores your belief in a good God. It points you away from misery to joy. It's the simplest exercise, but it's profound to look for grace where you would swear that there isn't any. It defies logic. It speaks of deep hope and faith. I want to encourage you today from the Bible with a story about ultimate waiting and the ultimate desert. Uh, so Jesus came here as God to teach people about God. He was God's boots on the ground, so to speak. And he did everything that he could to make people grow. That was his goal. He was kind of like you mamas. It was all about growing some people, right? And like you mamas, he had these hard-headed boys who just would not follow the plan. Right? He taught them about love. He said things like, you got to serve each other. Let the little guy have your seat. Right? And before he barely gotten the words out, he hears these two guys arguing over which one of them gets to sit beside him in heaven. He taught them to trust him, and he did all these miracles so that they might trust him. Right? He walked on water. He cured the blind. He said, don't worry. I got this. Look, I can do these things. I got this. And yet over and over, they got scared. They doubted. They worried. Where were you, Jesus? Right? He took Peter and James and John up on a mountain where they heard from God's mouth that Jesus was the Son of God. Jesus was lit with this glorious white light. It was so beautiful right there before Peter's eyes. There's no doubt who Jesus is. But later, when Jesus starts to explain to the disciples what's going to happen, that he's going to get killed, Peter rebukes him. Peter's like, uh, no, that can't happen to you. Hey, you're rebuking the Son of God? You're not learning anything? Jesus taught the disciples things like, blessed are the peacemakers, and that when somebody slapped them, they should give the other cheek, right? that they should be ready to lose their lives, not to fight for their lives. And then when the moment comes for Jesus to get arrested, Peter pulls out a sword and chops off this guy's ear. Still not learning much. Right? Doesn't look like much growth is happening. He called each one of these men to personally walk with him. He knew their secrets and their pasts. 
He was with them 24-7. You could have no better friend than Jesus. Surely they could at least model how to be a friend because they watched him do it for three years. But when he gets arrested, they all ran away. No growth, no growth. And Jesus is here for growth. Now he could have been so frustrated, he could have walked away and found people who might actually learn something. Twelve women, maybe. (laughs) Somebody who would grow. But he stayed, and he waited, and he sowed seeds, and he prayed over and over for these men to grow. And he trusted that after God was done with the plan, that there would be massive growth. And then he died for them. He let himself be nailed to a cross to pay the penalty for their sin, even though they were not worth it at all. He knew that this last sacrifice was vital. It was vital to wait a little bit longer and give his life for them because only then would they be changed because then they would be clean and the Holy Spirit could come live inside them. And when the Holy Spirit gets to work, then there's real growth. And there was. We know from the New Testament that these men became strong and faithful, peaceful, loving, brave miracle workers. They grew like nobody has grown. See, Jesus had come and he waited and he planted seeds and he prayed and he lived with their idiocy. And now he was finally reaping the benefits of all that time. My friends, with a God like that, you can wait a little bit. He does not ask you to do anything that he has not done himself. Jesus has gone before you and waited and planted and watered and waited more and trusted that in the end, all of the Father's plans were going to work out. The Father's plans are going to be carried out to a T for you. And just to prove that they will be, Jesus rose from the dead because our God follows through on promises. He does not let them go. With a God like that, you can be sure that the seemingly dead spots that you live in are going to have life one day. He is the God who makes streams in the desert, who begins new things just when you thought there wasn't a way. And this is where I want you to look when you're in the desert. I want you to look around at the desert, see the beauty, and then look at God. Because he's the one who sees the big picture. The problem is that our eyes are mostly, usually pointed at ourselves and what we want and what we think should be happening. Right? Our desires, our frustrations. But you know when you're gardening and how you have to plant that little seed and that little seed kind of has to die, in a sense, under the ground, right, in the dark. It's kind of a, a pretty simple premise of growth. Something has to go down into the ground and die for there to be a flower. And it works that way with your mama lives. Right? For my child to grow up and leave home, I have to put to death my desire for her to stay home with me. For my marriage to grow, sometimes I have to put to death what I want and, and you know, go bird watching with 
because my husband is. <laughs> Where should we look when there's no growth? We should look away from ourselves. I have a, a very simple message. Right? When growth seems to stall, you turn your eyes here to this moment, to this stillness, to the blessings that are here. When you look away from yourself and you look for grace, you're going to realize that this place of stalled growth is God's place. You're going to see that he's providing for you here coffee and breakfast and childcare and women friends and he's growing you in your heart and in your mind. He's giving you uh, work to do and breath for your lungs. He is good and he's at good work for you even if it feels like a desert. I know this because he took care of that very hardest work first, the hardest work of reconciling us to him. He is the God who makes the grass grow and the babies hatch from the eggs. There is not a moment on this earth that he is not watching over and tending. And as much as you want growth, God wants it more, and he will have it. And then comes the very best important part. You, mamas, have to pass this on. It is your honor to introduce your children to thankfulness. It is your honor and your blessing to get to teach them how to sit still and to appreciate every day and every moment, every seemingly growthless moment as grace. They are going to watch you when you give thanks. Thanksgiving is coming up. How are you going to celebrate it? How are you going to model giving thanks to your kids? When you feel frustrated by the child who's still throwing temper tantrums at 13, your response is going to matter. You can yell back at that child that you are sick of temper tantrums after 13 years, or you could hit your knees in front of that child and pray. And then smile and say, I know God's doing something. You can take a deep breath. You can always tell the child that something good is coming. It's not a lie. It is truth. Your children are going to come up against their own trouble making things grow. They're going to have relationships that don't work out. They're going to get jobs that don't work out. They're going to have dreams and plans that don't work out. They're going to not pass a class. Somebody's going to be the shortest one in class. Like all these things that aren't growing and they're disappointing to kids too. Right? How you approach those things with your children really, really matters. And you can approach them with grace and with hope. They need to see us looking away from ourselves. They need us they need to see us dying to our desires. They will remember you, and they will say, I saw mom approach the world believing in good. Mama believed that there was grace in the waiting, in the dry places. Mama always looked around her and found something good. Mom told us to point our eyes toward Jesus. They'll bless you for it, mama. They will rise up and call you blessed. Hey, so that concludes our talk with Jet Wren. Um, if you guys have any questions for her, feel free to reach out to us and contact 
us so that we can get you an answer. <laughs> Speaking of questions, we had some discussion group questions that if you were at our meeting today, these were the questions that were up on the screen. If you are listening from afar, we encourage you to think through some of these so that the talk can really stick in your mind and maybe be helpful and applicable to you in the future. So some of the questions are, in what areas do you feel stuck? And what growth would you like to see? This could be for yourself or for someone else. Um, Speaking of gratitude from her talk, there was a question saying, could you name five things you are thankful for? And is there something that you don't think you could ever be thankful for? These are some, that last one specifically could be a tough one. Um, We encourage you to think through them and be mindful of our talk today. We hope that it is encouraging to you and thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to hit the notification or follow buttons for future episodes. These are recordings of our in-person meetings at North Wake Church. You can find us on Instagram at the user NW, as in North Wake, Lily Moms, all one word, NW Lily Moms. Or you can find us on Facebook at North Wake Lily Moms Playdates, where you can find information on all our local gatherings in Wake Forest, North Raleigh, and the surrounding areas. We hope that you will find us and join us. And thanks again. Have a wonderful day.